grace and peace. You're listening to United We Pray, taking racial struggles to the throne of grace. United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in ways that are biblical and helpful, clear and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm Austin Suter, one of the co-hosts, joined by Isaac Adams. How you doing, Isaac? Doing well, man. We just recorded an exclusive episode. Uh, so, folks, if you would like that episode, you should pre-order uh, my forthcoming book, and you can get that episode, which talks about the book. So, man, it's just good to sit and talk with you, man. It is good. We're doing something a little bit different in this episode because we are, we, are, are we not praying ab- anymore. We don't do that anymore on United. I we think pray? we can still pray. I, oh, I think okay. we can swing that. Okay. Usually we're talking through a specific issue, like we True. talk through how to have better conversations. We talk through, you know, how to, you know, what was the last episode we did? Uh, cage stage, how to have zeal with your wisdom, right? Yes, yes, uh, yes. This episode, we want to talk through different books that have been helpful to us as we think about unity and as we think about race and ethnicity in context of America and our churches. Right. So book club with Austin and Isaac. There we go. Yeah. And I think, I mean, man, I think one reason, I think someone emailed in, I can't remember the sister's name. It was like, do you guys have a list of book recommendations? And we're like, oh, this is such an obviously good question uh, because folks want to study and they want to read. Uh, And I think also this is probably a, this is probably a separate episode, Austin, when it comes to how people change their minds, I think there are several things, the chief one being God, but what he, the means he uses are often some kind of a precipitating event. Uh, Brenda, Brenda Salter McNeil calls them catalytic events. So let's just take the shooting of Ahmaud Arbery or entering an interracial marriage or relationship or whatever it may be, some kind of event, some kind of relationship, and then reading. I find those to be the three kind of sticks of dynamite that will change someone's thinking. So I think this episode is super important, all that to say. Yeah, I think that's totally right. And some of the books on our list, at least some of the ones I want to talk about, are helpful specifically because they are sharing someone's experience. And so they're kind of a hybrid of like, if you have a friend who whose experience persuades you, well, maybe an author can be that kind of a friend for you. Exactly. I thought, and especially for white brothers and sisters who are, who are genuinely like, I would like more black friends. You know, I think it was Chris Rock who was like, all my black friends, I got tons of white friends. All my white friends got one black friend, right? And I think this is a way you can at least hear the voices of others through good books. Absolutely. Well, why don't we just alternate uh, books that we want to bring up and recommend, and we can just sort of share either a key insight from the book or something we found helpful, reasons why you want folks to read it. Would you like yeah. to go first? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go first and steal the obvious one. Uh, but what, one thing you even said at the beginning of this episode is we aim to be biblical. So I'm not, this is not just the Sunday School answer. The Bible, folks, is your best book on this issue on every issue, including this one. Uh, So let me get a bit more specific. When Genesis 1, when we're looking at the image of God, what what are the implications of that? I think the Bible speaks very clearly to how many races there are 
biologically one. There's one human race. Uh, I think it speaks clearly to ethnicity. So Matthew 28 in the Great Commission, a passage many of us are familiar with when Jesus says, uh, go and make disciples of all ethne nations. And I think it, the Bible also speaks very clearly to how many races there are spiritually. And I hope some light bulbs are going off now. That race is is a spiritual category those who are in Adam, those who are versus those who are in Christ. So in First Peter two, you are a chosen race. What does that mean? It doesn't map completely with skin color and all of those things, of course, and yet it's still very important to consider in this conversation. So yeah, this is the last time I'll say this, but in the back of my book, I I walk through some texts like that uh, that I think are important to consider. So I'll go first, Austin, with the Bible, which is the ace of spades in this conversation but i still think very many other books are very helpful so why don't you go next yeah i don't have anything nearly that good yeah it's okay none of us do and then i wrote one so but i'll start with one that's uh closer than most because it just has so much bible in it and that would be redemptive kingdom diversity by jarvis williams we actually mm. did a whole episode of the podcast devoted to this but he just walks through the entire Bible mm. showing how God has been redeeming people, uh, a diverse people from the beginning. Yeah. And so, yeah, the key insight there is that God has planned diversity. It is good. God is not reacting to diversity that he sees in the world. Mm. This was part of plan A. Mm. And so you will, you will be helped just in your thinking and he helps you read the Bible. Like what a skilled you know, handler of God's word is Dr. Williams, right? Yeah. Um, and so reading his book just will, I think, help you read your Bible better. Amen. And when it comes to skilled handling, uh, folks, I encourage you to listen to the interviews that Austin has done with several authors. I'm sure he'll mention another one, but the one he did with Dr. Williams, uh, I regularly ask why Austin hasn't fired me yet. And he just does the interviews because they're, they're fantastic. So thank you for doing that, brother. That's uh, it's my favorite thing I do. But go ahead with the next book. Yeah, let me throw in another one. So you, so that book just came out. That doesn't mean anything bad about it. It just came out. So let me. I'll throw it back to uh, one that came out in. Well, I don't know if it came out in 1898, but there's a collection of sermons by Francis Grimke. Uh, this the collection is called "The Negro: His Rights and Wrongs and the Forces for Him and Against Him." Very long title. You know, back in the day, they had very long titles. Uh, but it's a collection of four sermons Grimke preached. You can find it on Amazon, I think by Cornell University Press for like $3. And at the end, he has a sermon called God and Prayer as Factors in the Struggle. And I think just reading about how Christians thought through racial issues when they were arguably much worse or at least much more explicit and violent I think is profoundly helpful. Just understand, okay, here, let us sit at the feet of, I would say this prophet really, uh, but of this seasoned Christian man living in, I mean, post uh, reconstruction America, 1898. What does he have to say on the matter? And Grimke is friends with Douglas. I'll get to another Douglas work later. Anyway, Grimke's collection of servants, the Negro, his, the for, his, right, his rights and wrongs, the forces for him and against him. Get it on Amazon for cheap. Your turn, Austin. Yeah, what a mind Grimke was. Oh my! Like it's just folks who just seem to exist out of time. Yeah, and like I mean that he's walking around the planet with Frederick Douglass. Like that time must have just been. I I can't I can't even keep up with it. Anyway, man, what you got? Yeah, let's go next to another 
guy we've had on the podcast, another author we've had on the podcast. I'm going to go New Reformation by Shai Lin. Oh, yes. Your interview with him was so good. I really enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, Shai's a a friend. So, uh, yeah, that was, I was so thankful he came on. But thankful for this book because it's the kind of book I was talking about a few minutes ago, right? It, Shai uh, uses his own story in ways that are pretty vulnerable. And then he, he makes some social commentary and pastoral commentary on that. But he's able to be kind of an experiential ambassador. Mm, that's great. That's a great phrase. As, yeah, just as for folks who might not have friends like him, he's able to explain what his Christian experience has been like, yeah. what his experience as a black man in a white church has been like, for yeah. example, and how that has been challenging at times and ways it can be better. And so I think one of the key insights from the book is that as diverse communities come together, everybody's got something to learn. That's really good. And that diversity is an opportunity that we often think of as a challenge. That's great. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I know Shai has blessed a lot of folks with that, and your interview did the same. So thank you for that, man. I'm glad that's out there. What you got? I think next I'm going to go with... Okay, can I just sneak in two? I'll be quick, I promise. Um, Because I was talking about Frederick Douglass, narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, his first, you know, Frederick Douglass was such an amazing person, Austin, that he uh, has written three autobiographies. And, but this, the first one is short, simple, to the point. And as one friend of mine said, put America's finger in an electric socket when it came out. I mean, it was, it is electrifying and it's just this harrowing tale of what it was like to be a slave. So again, I think just understand getting out of kind of our present racial moment and reading others and kind of the tides that came upstream from us is super helpful. So that book is a fantastic read. If you read it in eighth grade, read it again. I think you'll have a new appreciation for it. The second one I'm going to go to, I'll do this. I want to do Isabel Wilkerson's The Warmth of Other Sons. That's a book uh, detailing... It's really an epic detailing of a a period of history a lot of us are probably not that familiar with, though it probably has something to do with our lives and where we live. And that's the Great Migration, which I think she argues is 1915 to 1970. And she does it so powerfully through uh, following the lives of three, three folks. And so it might look intimidating, but it's it is worth every page. The Warmth of Other Suns, uh, fantastic read. And I find, Austin, that book is one that when I'm talking to people who they're like, my thinking was really challenged when this happened, they often say when I read that book. So that one is one I'm going Yeah, that's with. one that comes up for sure. Which and got? I mean, The Great Migration is probably like the biggest historical event most people don't know about. Yes, yes, very well said. And I mean, and I'll put myself in that. I was like, man. And then so like when I'm talking you know, about my, you know, about my grandparents. It's like, why'd they move from Louisiana to California? Ah, okay. This is why. Uh, now it makes sense. Right. And it helps you understand where you came from. And why the United States is the way it is right now. Yes. Like, right. why, why are our cities so segregated? Why yep. are there these weird geographical, you know, pockets of people in the North? Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just a book blew my mind. One thing I think we should say about Douglas um, and possibly Warren Brothers is, is we're recommending these, but um, 
you know, reader beware with some of it. Like as you read some of Douglas, it's incredibly hard to read and there's really yes. ugly stuff in there Yes, because it's detailing one of the ugliest parts of American history. Yep. And so it's important that we know about it, but it's not like you're going to read Frederick Douglass with your kids before bedtime. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Good viewer, reader discretion advised. Uh, moving on to building a multi-ethnic church by Pastor Derwin Gray. Mm. So this is one we reviewed for our website. You can look at it. There's a there's a book response online. We can link to that in the show notes. I think the key insight of this book is that of all of the things churches uh, could possibly do. So I'm thinking, for example, you know, do we support the pregnancy center or the missions agency with this, you know, discretionary $5,000 in the church budget. Right. Right. There are, there are multiple good things that churches could do. Uh, Dr. Gray says ethnic unity is not an optional good that the church can or cannot do. It's not one of those good things we might get around to. It's, it's an imperative. And Mm. I think he's right. Good, good. Yeah, and I would encourage folks to check out that. Chris Jones wrote that review for us, and Chris does a great job. So, good. And that one recently came out as well, Austin, right? Yeah, that book was, I think, last year or the year before. It's it's fairly new, but great. yeah. Very, definitely recommend it. I think uh, the next one I'll go just kind of in historical order. So we just talked about the Great Migration. The next one I want to recommend is American Apartheid. I think it's called The Making of the Underclass. I mean, that, okay, so this is a different kind of discretion. This is a thick read and a hard read. Like, lots of data, but man, is this thing fascinating. And I think it's helpful. So we've been talking about, you know, the importance of uh, narrative and experience, and that's very true. But I, I do find sometimes there are readers who are like, I appreciate that. I would love to see the data. Now, on one hand, I think everyone has their set of statistics that uh, lets them remain in their predetermined camp. That's not saying everything's relative. Uh, But it's to say, this is that book for me. The key insight there is it just looks at segregation in America and how it is not just happenstance and how people's circumstances really do matter. And there really was malicious intent in creating these kind of ghettos and communities and maintaining them. So, I mean, for me sitting, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. I live in a suburb created by white flight. A book like this is really harrowing to read. And the data is just as raw as it is accurate. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's hard to, because they, these authors even talk about hyper segregation and it's just really sad to read about how, Oh, the terror, and I think terrorism is the accurate term that um, many blacks endured when they were moving out of kind of great migration circumstances or trying to move out of those circumstances. So that American Apartheid by Doug Massey and Nancy Denton, I think. What you got, Austin? Next one I will go with is Beyond Racial Gridlock by Dr. George. Oh, so good. Oh, isn't it? Oh, man. Oh, that's on my list. So Dr. Yancey has a model that he calls mutual accountability, and he's written about that extensively for us. Um, But then that's sort of at the center of this book, which is just the idea that we all have responsibility in the race conversation. And at sort of the heart. Which that alone is a provocative idea. It is. 
It is. And yeah. he gets further insight from that in in arguing that, you know, the way uh, forward is not by beating people over the head to convince them of your position, but persuading people. Right. And that's tougher, yep. harder yep. work, but he's right. That's that's the only way forward. That's right. That's right. Oh man, that's yeah, George is he's a he's a beautiful man and he that book is immensely helpful. I think the one I'll go with next then is Okay, I'll throw in this one. Though it's not explicitly a book about race, I think it is super helpful. It's called How to Think, A Survival Guide for World at Odds by Alan Jacobs. And this book, man, it came out recently, I think 2016. It just teaches you about how to think soberly and not just ideologically or reactively. And that's so often what happens in this conversation. So it's a short little book. um, And I love what one of his endorsers said about the book. I can't even remember who it was, but I'll not forget this comment. In this book, Alan Jacobs takes you by the hand and not by the throat. And what you, what you were just talking about with George's work, that's so that kind of approach is so needed because everyone is at each other's throats in this conversation. Uh, there is no, hey, this is, I'll, I'll own this part, you own this part. It's, it's either all your fault or all my fault or whatever it may be. Uh, so I think how to think will really serve some people as they navigate this conversation. That was a good one. And I am impressed that you made it this far in before recommending it, because this is one you throw around all the time. <laughs> and I, I do. I mean, man, it's kind of like prerequisite reading. Uh, but yes, it's, it's very good. It, it really is. Useful. That's an excellent one. My next one on the the types of books about experience. This is exactly that, but it's very few of us are going to have friends like this. So my next book is Consumed by Hate, Redeemed by Love by Tom Terrence. Oh, yeah. Friend of the ministry. We've had him on the podcast. Yes. And I was just going to say, I'm equally impressed that you waited this long to recommend that one. I thought you were going to reprimand me for stealing one of yours. I don't know if you had this one on your list as well, but man, what a book. So Tom is a pastor, one of the godliest, nicest men you'd ever meet, but he was a Klansman back in the day. Yep. And he went to jail during a failed bombing and then got in shootouts with the FBI when he escaped from the Mississippi Supermax. Like, nobody's got a friend like Tom. Yep. Um, But just to see the way the Lord saved him and changed his heart is super encouraging because as you read it, you're reminded, oh yeah, God can do anything. And he can save anybody at any point uh-huh. and he can change anybody. And look what he's done with Tom. And so it's just books about race and racism can be hard to read and sometimes discouraging. Yeah. Here's one that's really, really encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 I love that one. And you've written some good articles and reviews with that book. And I didn't just encourage folks, you know, I was talking about how people change earlier. I mean, this is the most drastic change I think I know personally. I like like what his uh, what the subtitle is from Klansman to champion of racial justice. Only God can explain that. Okay, I'll go with uh, I'll go, let me go with one more. Race and Place by David Leong. I think is two things on this. First, I think it's the best treatment on a layman's level of structural racism that I know of, uh, and dealing with that category. Beyond that, so it's it's one of those books like American Apartheid that that talks about the landscape 
because uh, all of us in our various cities, whether we're in Charlotte or in Birmingham, we know the highways or the train tracks or the proverbial bridges where it's like, yeah, if you cross that, you're in a different racial context. And I think David does a good job of looking as to why that is and why that matters. But he also, number two, does it with an eye from the church and seeing that the church is the solution. It's a very church-centered book, and I love that, uh, about how the church in so many ways is God's answer to this problem. Uh, so race and place, I think it's urban geography, how urban geography shapes the path to reconciliation or something like that. Yeah, that was another good one. You got another one, man? I was going to end it there, and I was just going to say to the readers that, you know, behind the curtain, we're a little bit crunched for time on our recording window today. But I just wanted to say, like, if we left one off, we're not subtweeting anybody. There are any number of really good books that one can read on race. And right. this just sort of scratches the surface. And I think hopefully highlights some you may not have thought of, but, you know, we're all for reading and thinking and discerning and growing in these matters. So take up and read. Um, that's right. That's all I like it. And Austin, why don't I just pray for us uh, at least briefly? Cause I know uh, we're short on time, uh, but I'll say this. I, I had one teacher and I liked his rule. If someone listens to this episode, reads all the books, uh, I had a teacher who said, you know, if you read this book, I'll send you another one once you read it and tell me you've read it. So if so, so all that to say, you know, yeah, sure, we could have mentioned 100 more books. But if someone takes up even these suggestions, they probably have about a good two to three years of reading in front of them. And if they want to if they want another suggestion, you and I will be happy to provide and even pay for it. So I'll leave that challenge out there. We're not easy. or I'm sorry. We're not hard to find rather. So reach out to us if you want more recommendations. Let me pray for us, man. Let's pray. Father, we know that of the writing of many books, there is no end. And in so many ways, that is a judgment statement. Uh, we know your book is the book we need. And yet, Lord, we know that no, every good gift and every perfect gift is from you. Uh, including the books and the literature that help us think and that help us to love our neighbor who is made in your image more. So, Father, help us to read that which is helpful. Uh, help us to not uh, be slaves to any ideology that is against your word, like our brother Tom was. Uh, but help us to read that which is true and lovely excellent, even hard at times. Lord, help us to not turn away uh, from suffering just because it makes us uncomfortable. We know that you are a God who is near to the brokenhearted. So help us, we pray, and help the readers as they take up and read everything in light of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening, folks. You can find more at youwepray.com. Check the show notes for links to reviews and links to some of these books. We hope you read them. Grace and peace. Pray.